Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? It's a big question. It's a pretty important question. For those of you that have read the Bible, when you open the Bible, what do you think? When you read those stories, do you put them in the category of myth or object lessons? Or how do you read them? When we think about the stories that we read of Jesus, the miracles that we saw in the Bible, do we think, oh, those were just for a time then? You know, that was good. And, and Jesus, you know, he did those miracles, but now the age of miracles has stopped. What do you think about miracles? And this, when we're believing for miracles, when we're believing for breakthrough, this has got to be our starting point. Do I actually believe that God's power, God's spirit is still alive? And yes, you can say, yes, I I believe. But what do you believe for yourself? Do you believe that God can work in your life? Do you believe that God can move? Do you believe that the thing that is an ache in your heart or the thing that is a pain from your past or the circumstance that seems impossible, do you believe that God can move? Is there an area in your life that you think is too great for God to move? This is where we're starting as we're going to be exploring and building faith around this idea of breakthrough and miracles. Let me show you a a picture This is uh, an x-ray from a lady, and uh, what you'll see there is a titanium plate that has been attached into this lady's um, spine, and it was attached by making an incision through the throat and kind of put in there. Now, as a result, and there's a a long story which I'll I'll tell uh, later, as a result, this lady's hand was permanently seized like this. She couldn't tie her own shoelace. She couldn't brush her own teeth. And she couldn't move her hand at all. You know what happened? God healed her. And I had the privilege of praying for her. And in this circumstance, I prayed for her uh, with her friend for about two hours. And little by little, she began to get movement. She had probably about 20 or 30% movement. Then she went home. Within 24 hours, she is fully healed. It is a medical miracle. I want to say that God's power is alive and well. Last week, we heard a story from this church, a recent story. Uh, BJ, she's not here today, but she is healed of a chronic heart condition. She was given five years to live. She's a mother with kids, five years to live, and God has healed her. He's still got a little way to go, 
but she's now got 90% of function. God is moving. God still heals. Up the back, we have a wonderful man, Reggie. I met Reggie about two years ago, and we met on a park bench, and he was in the lowest, one of, he says it was one of the lowest times of his life. And since then, God gave him hope. When we connected and I started to talk about the hope of Jesus, I have never seen someone's face light up so much. Uh, he's got an amazing smile. But this idea that his circumstances, that his history, that the things were going on were not final, but God had something else, that began to change in him. And what we want to do right now is we want to begin to stir our faith. We want to begin to say, hey, there's more going on than just what I can see with my eyes, just where I've been, or the mental picture that I've created to imagine my future. And today, we are believing for breakthrough miracles. Now, I know that when we talk about this, sometimes it can bring disappointment because I know that you've prayed about things that you haven't seen answered for. I know that you've got disappointed dreams and hopes. But despite of that, I want us as a church to still get our hopes up that God is going to move and that he's not done with us yet. And sometimes because of our disappointed hopes, because of our history, we don't even go to the starting line. We don't even make ourselves vulnerable to believe for a miracle because we don't want to be disappointed again, because we've been hurt. And I want to encourage you to take that step to the starting line and say, God, you know, I've prayed about some things. I maybe haven't seen those things, but I'm going to still believe that you have power to move in my life and the life of people around us. So today, I'm not going to preach for a long time, famous last words, I know, but I want to share uh, three keys to breakthrough, and I want to read a passage of scripture from 2 Kings chapter 6. So this is a story, it's at a time between uh, a war between uh, Aram and Israel. And there is a guy named Elisha, and he's a prophet, and God is giving him so much insight into the movements of Aram and their armies that the king of Aram thinks he's got a mole. He thinks he's got an insider feeding information, but they work out it's not an insider. It's just Elisha. And so the king sends his armies to stop Elisha. And this is where we pick up in 2 Kings 6, 13. And we're going to read from 13 to 18. So this is the king of Aram. He says, Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so that I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. So he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So he's surrounded completely where Elisha was. When the servant of the men got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. I oh, know, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What a funny thing to say. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. 
Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. The first key to breakthrough is this. The key to breakthrough is get a heavenly perspective. When we read this story of Elisha and the servant, which character do you associate with? I think I'd like to say I associate with Elisha. I've always got things like under control and I can see. I have always have the correct perspective on what is happening. But the truth is, I'm learning to be like Elisha, but most of the time, I'm like the servant. And when I see things around me, my default can be worry. My default can be depression. My default can be that I can't figure out what is going to happen. But here's something that God wants to do and He wants to do for all of us, is He wants to give us a new perspective on what is going on around us. He wants to expand our field of view because sometimes our vision is too limited. And when our vision is just limited to our own eyes, we think it's all on us. When we look at our bank balance and maybe there's not enough to do what we need to do or what we plan to do, sometimes we, th- we limit our vision to just This is on me. How am I going to make this work? When it comes to complicated relationships, we can't say, see a way through. But God wants to give us new vision. And he wants you to know that things are not as they seem. And as I was preparing, I felt that for someone here, this is actually all you need right now in your circumstance is just to know the fact that in your circumstance, it's not just what you see in front of you, that God is at work, that there are other things going on. He wants to give you an eternal and heavenly perspective. He wants you to see resources. He wants you to see strength. He wants you to see Jesus working and the presence of Jesus in your circumstance. I'm going to talk about some more things, but I believe specifically there's a couple of people and that is your word for today. Just a different perspective. That just what I see, there's more. There's more. There's more happening and Jesus is doing more. I remember... uh, a couple of years ago, I had a persistent and difficult set of circumstances, very complicated uh, relationship circumstance, and it was just ongoing, year after year. And I remember I had a, a well-worn mental pathway that used to kind of, it was very negative, and not lead me into total depression, but it, it wouldn't lead me into a place of joy. It, I, I was just, I didn't have joy, I didn't have peace in that circumstance, so I would get down. And what happened in a moment, I don't know exactly why, but I just remember God just healing that and giving me a new perspective and almost rerouting. Here's what Elisha prayed. Verse 17, Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, 
that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. What does God want to open your eyes to today? What circumstance do you feel like you're surrounded and you have no way out or everything is on you? What does he want to say? Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want to see? Give me your perspective about my circumstance. The first key to breakthrough is get a heavenly perspective. The second is this. The battle belongs to the Lord. How tightly are you holding on to your battle? Sometimes we can have ongoing situations and circumstances that are so deeply entrenched in our life that they almost become part of us. Who's ever experienced that? They're just how you do life. How tightly are you holding on? Are you ready to surrender your circumstance? Are you ready to say, hey, this is not just all on me, but the battle actually belongs to the Lord. We were singing about it. Deliberately chosen song, going to see a victory. You know, we see victory, not just when we see the circumstance change, but we see victory when we see a heavenly perspective. And we see victory when we realize that the battle belongs to the Lord. If the battle just belongs to us, then it's all about my power, my goodness, my ability to fix myself, my ability to create plans and get all the help that I need. And yeah, we should be taking steps and doing things, but I want to say there's something incredible releasing when we say, I'm not fighting by myself. The battle belongs to the Lord. Jesus cares more about your pain, about your circumstance, about your heartache than you do. You might think that that's not possible, but that's what makes him God. That's what makes him a loving God who knows what it's like to walk as humanity and to walk as a human. He loves you. He wants you to surrender. We hold on tight. We hold on tight for heaps of different reasons. Sometimes we don't want to change. Sometimes we like our pain, if that makes sense. Sometimes we like our circumstance. And when we say the battle belongs to God, it's incredibly releasing and we allow him to work. Who's ever had a difficult circumstance or situation and you've had a complete conversation with a person in your head? So like a real person and you've said stuff and they've said back to you, it's imaginary. And the result of that conversation is there is no way out. I've had that conversation. I've played it all out. In that case, you're not letting God move. And I know some of you are doing this in certain circumstances. Some of you, you are having these self-defeating conversations where the end result is you keep getting rejected. Oh, you know, I need to find a new job, but oh, if I put up, you know, here's all the reasons that they won't like me. 
you know, I'm too young or I'm too old or I don't have enough qualifications or I'm overqualified. And so we have all these conversations and we don't allow God to move because we've worked through, as we think, all of these we've, we've limited all these opportunities and we've just narrowed God's ability to move. And here's what I want to say. The battle belongs to the Lord. Take that thing and surrender it to God and say, say to God, God, have your way in this circumstance. I can't take this anymore. I can't fight this anymore. I'm going to allow you to move. God, you've maybe got a different way of changing this or seeing this move. Really, really, for me, often I'm like, okay, there's two ways that this could change. And God says, there's not two ways. There's a thousand ways. And then there's a thousand times a thousand. Would you give me permission or will you, will you allow, will you release this burden? The battle belongs to the Lord. 1 Samuel 17 47, this is David, before he was king, fighting Goliath. He's very cocky, worked out well for him. He says, the Lord doesn't rescue people using a sword or a spear, and everyone here will know it. The battle belongs to the Lord, and he will hand all of you over to us. Young boy, with a stone about to kill a giant. This is what he says beforehand. What does he do? I read a lot of Bible stories to my kids. I don't always tell them this part. Maybe it's time. Kills him, chops his head off, holds it up. Okay, bedtime. If you've got young kids, maybe try that tonight. Do not try that disclaimer. Okay. The battle belongs to the Lord. Here's my question to you. The battle you're fighting, have you released it to God? Have you released it to God? Do you think that God has power to move? How tightly are you holding on to that thing? Have you used that issue to define you? Oh, that is just me. I am. Oh, it's just I am this or I am that. That's just part of my history or my personality. That's just part of my medical history. That's just something that I have to deal with the rest of my life. The battle belongs to the Lord. Here's the last one. And I love this. So first one, get a heavenly perspective. The second one, the battle belongs to the Lord. The third one, start moving in the opposite spirit. We read on verse 19. So they've uh, been blinded. Uh, this army. And Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city. Follow me and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to Samaria. And after they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and they were inside Samaria. And the king of Israel gets really excited. And when he saw them, what's his response? Can we kill them? Can we kill them? Can we kill them? Really like to kill somebody today. Okay, that's never us. 
in our battle with the person. I know that there are people that you hate. Maybe there are people you don't like. There are people that you hate. I think we all experience that. There are people maybe wouldn't say we want to kill them, but if they got killed, um, God works in mysterious ways, right? You know, it's a sign of forgiveness if you've forgiven someone, if you're okay if they succeed. Like there's this person that you're like, oh, you know, they were really bad to me and that, you know, they just, you heard that they um, just fell over and broke their leg. Oh, man. Wow. Yes, God, you know. Thank you, God. You, you move in mysterious ways. You're, on my, you're fighting for me. That's just me, maybe, not, not you. Can we kill them? This is what he says. Elisha says, don't kill them. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow, set food and water before them so they may eat and drink and then go back to their master? So he prepared a great feast for them and after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. And so the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. What was the result of this circumstance? Peace. For that time, an end to violence. So when you're fighting, and we know that God calls us into battles and things that we need to confront and have conflict, when you're fighting, how are you fighting? Are you fighting fire with fire and wondering why you're getting burnt? Are you responding to anger with anger? Are you responding to frustration are you moving in the same spirit or are you moving in the opposite spirit? In the times where you're in conflict, are you responding in love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness and goodness? This is how God has called us to fight. We're very good at justifying our actions based on someone else's actions. Who's good at this? I'm pretty good at this. Hope to be worse at it. But it's like, oh, you know, they did that to me, therefore I'm justified to do it to them. That's not how God has called us to fight our battles. I was chatting to, uh, to somebody and... Um, we were talking about some things going on in their life and uh, were talking about their ex-wife and sometimes that situation was difficult. And so I said to this person, I said, what I want you to do is I want you to pray for them and I want you to pray that God would bless them. And this person said to me, yes, yes. They later told me in their heart they were going, no, no. Do you know what happened? It was a little bit of a hard to start, but you know what they found in those situations of conflict that they were still able to keep peace, that things that had bothered them or triggered them didn't trigger them anymore? 
This is what it means to fight our battle in the opposite spirit. Here's what Jesus says. But I tell you, it says, uh, Matthew 5.44 says, hate your enemies. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Who's got something going on? A, 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 you don't have to put up your hand. A relational conflict. A situation. Maybe an ex. Difficult situation. Maybe an employer. Maybe an employee. How are you navigating that? This is a big call, but is your heart Turn towards them in love. It doesn't mean that you have to trust them. It doesn't mean that you have to listen to them. But what is your posture towards them? And this is what it means. The first thing when it comes to breakthrough, the first key is get a heavenly perspective. The second key is release that battle. The battle belongs to the Lord and the third thing is start moving in the opposite spirit. I'm going to invite Twinkie to, to play and uh, we're going to have a time, a short time of prayer. But before we do, I want to share some scriptures. I really felt um, for us to learn what it is to declare the truth of the word of God. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I talked about we are changed by the truth of Jesus. Truth is not just facts. Truth is a person. It's Jesus revealed to us in the Word of God. And so I want to put some of these declarations up on the board. And uh, as I'm putting them up, maybe there's one that speaks to you. Maybe there's one that you want to take a hold of. Because as a church and as a people, we are miracle believers. We believe in the supernatural power of God. Why? Because people need freedom. We need freedom. People need healing. People need hope. And if it's just on us and what we've got, that's pretty sad. We've got limited resources. But if we partner with Jesus, we can see miracles happen. Here's the first one. It says this, The battle belongs to the Lord because I belong to Jesus. This is why the battle belongs to the Lord. And you can say this, you can speak this. The battle belongs to the Lord because I belong to Jesus. This is the second one. No weapon formed against me shall prosper because I belong to Jesus. Do you know our belonging is not just a club. It's the fact that we're connected to each other through our connection to Jesus. We, our belonging has transformative power. There's another one. Here's the next one. All things work together for my good because I'm called to God's purposes and plans for my life. This is truth. That once you align yourself to God's purposes and plans, the things that were meant to hurt you and to harm you, the things in your history, God can redeem them and He can use them for 
His benefit and for your benefit. The next one here, it's not by my power or strength, but by the moving of God's Spirit. It's by the moving of God's Spirit. The next one, greater, uh, Jesus within me is greater than any other force or circumstance. I have a very simple theology when it comes to spiritual warfare, when it comes to breaking bondages, when it comes to demonic oppression and evil spirits, and it's this. This statement, I belong to Jesus. doesn't matter what my parents did. It doesn't matter my past. I belong to Jesus. That's, and if I, I belong to Jesus, I can't belong to anything else. It's exclusive. There's a simple theology of breakthrough. Sometimes we make things too complicated when it comes to history and past. But if you have this confession that I belong to Jesus, who can belong to Jesus? Anyone who chooses to belong to Jesus can belong to Jesus. Anyone who wants to accept him. The last one. I don't have to live with fear because Jesus has already won the victory. Some of you, you're surrounded by things, by thoughts, by fear, and Jesus is releasing that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.